Alright, welcome to another episode of God's Watchmen with Caleb and I. Caleb, say what's up. Hey guys, how's it going? Stan, say what's up. What's up? How you doing? Um, We're sitting down with a special guy. (laughs) He's very special in my heart. I know I can speak for myself, but I can't speak for Caleb. Um, I know when I first met him, he displayed the love of Christ. And if you ever get a chance to meet Stan, I'm sure you would feel the same. Yeah. Um, he has that desire to always share Jesus with, with people. He is a gifted evangelist. And today, we will be here to see what his life is like and how the Lord led him to talk to people and just really hear how God uses them in all his ways and how he puts Jesus Christ first. As he wakes up, he seeks the Lord. As he goes to bed, he seeks the Lord. And I pray and I hope that all these things bring glory to you, Jesus. And I pray for all the people out there that are listening that this can draw you closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Stan, um, before we get into this, I would like to just see and hear from you what your life is like a little bit, how how the Lord is speaking to you today, well, what what scriptures might be moving on your heart, and just tell us a little bit about your personal life today. Okay. Well, I think the scripture that's been on my heart here just the last uh, few weeks was um, Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, mm-hmm. that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's a... And also, uh, you and I talked about this before, found in in Titus uh, chapter 2, 13 and 14. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing mm. of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, yeah. who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all of our iniquities, and now He's purifying unto Himself me, you, purifying unto Himself Amen. a special, a peculiar people, having a zeal for good works. Those are the two uh, passages that I've been on my mind day and night here lately so yeah amen thanks for sharing that that's (laughs) beautiful verses beautiful words from the lord um presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice (laughs) and that's what we're doing here today we're being all for the lord all for the lord that's right so stan you're married correct yes how long have you been married 66 years 66 years amen I hope one day I can be married that long. You're just hoping you can live that long. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you have four children, right? Yep. Now, how many grandchildren do you have? Well, I don't know how many grands, but I put the grands and the greats together. So so all total is about 47. 47, almost one for every year of the week. (laughs) I, I love this. You know, when God says he's got to bless us, you know, to where we can't even count it, this is a prime example right here. Yeah, where they say the quiver's full. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So many. It's That's overflowing, awesome. actually. I'm sure they love you, Stan. Papa. Papa. <laughs> Pappy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, Stan, how long have you been a Christian? Christian, 62 years, born in, reborn, born again in 1960, January 1960. 1960. But that time went so fast already, you know, it's just, it just plain wonderful. I've never looked back. And if you remember when I did a service up here, I asked uh, him to sing, I've decided to follow Jesus. Yeah. And uh, no turning back. That's my song. Huh? No turning back. No turning back, no turning back. So it's been that way. Not that I, you know, not perfect. You're not perfect. Are you? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, I've had my my high times and my low times. Uh, as far as evangelism is concerned, even, mm-hmm. I had dry spells. Okay. And I tell you why I had dry spells, if you want to hear that. Yeah, I'd love to hear, I would love to hear the, the dry, dry spells. The dry spell is when you start to think that it's you and not the Lord. Wow. And he turns off the spigot. Mm. He turns it off and then all of a sudden you realize it's not you that's doing this. It's the, it's the gospel of Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit, just using you. That's all. You're, you're just, yeah. just there as a tool. And uh, But I went to a real dry spell for a couple of years because I got wow. puff, puffy, puffy. How did the Lord reveal to, to you, Stan, that you were getting it. puffed up? Like, How did it. he draw you to? Well, to... you just realize after, you know, the Holy Spirit's. Okay. Just working with you, and uh, uh, you know what the problem is. Yeah. You just got to figure out how to get out of the way because, you know, you know stuff like this, you know, you, all of a sudden you start getting attention. You yeah. know what I mean? That's not really not, not – you got to know how to handle that. Yeah. It uh, can puff you – man can get puffed up pretty quick. So let me testify about something really quick. I would go out on Saturdays with Stan uh, in the past, and uh, it seemed like all the time I would talk to someone, start speaking with someone, and I know a little bit of Spanish, so I might greet someone in Spanish, right? And Stan would be with me, and he would watch. I would try to explain the gospel and, and Jesus and everything to them, and I would give them an invitation to accept, and they wouldn't quite be there but then i'd be like stan what do you have to say and stan would go through and lovingly give the gospel and at the end of it they'd be like yeah that that makes sense i don't know what this other guy was saying that makes sense (laughs) and they would accept jesus stan is anointed and 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 blessed i have a lot of respect for stan and like you just like you just said that's from god and that's from what he's done in your life praise the lord amen I got another thing. I know when I've gone out with Stan on the streets, uh, the way God uses Stan, the people just stop in their tracks, they lean forward, and Stan is filled with the Holy Spirit. But what the beautiful thing is, when you watch him lead them to a prayer, it's not on the prayer that saves them, it's the Holy Spirit or their belief in that. But to see Stan's love, to even pray that prayer for that person to watch one little tear go down his cheek every time. 
That's and I don't get me started. Don't get me started. Hey. But you're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, it's uh it's so uh I don't even know how to word it, but it's such a it's such a thing when you see a person, you're watching their eyes, and you know, you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, mm-hmm. and you can just see it coming on. Just, you know, and I think you watch their eyes, and I think they're watching yours mm. at the same time. Wow. And they see that what you're saying is coming from the heart, and the Holy Spirit's delivering it. I think it... So much, I think, is through the eyes. Yeah. The soul, you know, the eyes are the soul, the window to the soul. But, uh, yeah, it. Uh, I love doing it. I love doing it. I always have, yeah. right from the start, right from the start. I, I, I love how you just said you've always loved doing it. So that leads me to this question. At what moment did you realize that you wanted to share Jesus everywhere you went with the unsaved, with believers, no matter what, no matter the cost, at what moment did that click? Like, ding, 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 I'm sharing Jesus. Everywhere. I think it really clicked shortly after I got saved. Uh, shortly after I got saved, there was a man came into my life, an older, he was probably about 10 years older than me, going on to be with the Lord right, right now. And uh, his name was Harold Huffsmith. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing. And he said, uh, Stan, if you're ever going to amount to anything, you you got to tell other people mm. about the Lord. And so it just inspired me. And he was doing it. He was doing it. He was out there telling people about it. And we started going door to door, which was kind of that hard for me. It wasn't so hard for him, I guess. But he was... Uh, he, he just took me along and showed me for a while. Mm-hmm. And then one day he said, this, this is your door. And uh, sure, I was nervous, really nervous. And uh, I don't even remember how it went. I just remember knocking on the door and some guy comes to the door. Back in those days, a lot of people would invite you in. Right. And, you know, yeah. they don't do that anymore. You got to go out in the street and wait till they come out on the street and find them. But, yeah. And here's another thing about witnessing that I found out. I'm not led to witness to everyone. You're a little bit off on that. <laughs> I'm not led to, to, to witness to everyone. Okay. And I'll tell you where I, this came from. I used to get the paper, every bi-weekly paper. Mm-hmm. It was called The Sword of the Lord. I don't know if you ever heard it. It's, mm-hmm. You can go online and it's still... You can get it. Yeah. And it was started 34 years ago by uh, 1934 by a man named John R. Rice. He was an evangelist. But he used to, in his paper, he used to put the sermons of all a lot of older, Moody and all those uh, evangelists. And one day he put that in his paper, and I don't even remember the name, was a young man. And he was over in London. And he was out on the street every day. Every day he put a soapbox up or whatever, and he yeah. would preach on the, on the street of London. But this is what happened, and this happened to me too. 
He spoke for seven years. His uh, exact words was, I was a windmill of activity for the Lord. But one day he became so discouraged, he said in seven years he had never seen anyone come to the Lord. Hmm. All that preaching that no one come to the Lord. And so he was so discouraged, he went home that night and he said, Lord, I give up. And the Lord said, now, now you're where I want you. And uh, he said, you're going to all the wrong places, speaking to all the wrong people, and you let me do that. Mm. And so he surrendered as far as that was concerned. He surrendered and let the Lord take over, and he began leading all kinds of people to the Lord. And I, what that said to me, sometimes when I'm on the street, I let people go by. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, yeah. and some people I'm so moved to, this is, you know. So that that's one thing I learned from the sword of the Lord. That's awesome. That's beautiful. That, thanks for sharing that. So what you're saying is you really understand the the call when the Lord says, speak the leading, to this person, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Versus, uh how do I say it? Being about, I want to talk to just everybody and anybody, and it can be actually not what God wants yeah. you to do. He you has. want to be doing what the Lord wants you to be yeah. doing, not exactly what you want to be. If you could just grab everybody by the, by the shirt collar that comes down the street, it doesn't always work that way. That's, yeah. Maybe the Lord doesn't want you to speak to that guy that day. Maybe some, you know, I don't know the Lord's mind. Cause they say, you know, it could be offensive to, to an unbeliever, of Jesus Christ, because maybe they've been offended, and that we, we, in our flat or whatever, could keep pushing that person further aside. Yeah, you know? and maybe the Lord has another person in yeah. mind to do the job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. we just don't. Uh, but we we have that voice in here that lets us know what uh, if we're tuned into it. Amen. Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's another thing I learned from the sword of the Lord. It's a wonder. It was a wonderful paper, and I can tell you a lot of other things I learned from it. But I'm sure we don't have the time. Oh, we have plenty other days, Dan. I'd love to have you again. So, uh, describe what it was like in the beginning stages of fears, anxieties, worries you may have if when when you were talking to people versus today. Well, in the beginning, it was a little, you know, nerve-wracking, I might say. But as soon as you lead that first person to the Lord, mm-hmm. it it uh, makes a world of difference as far as your motivation, as far as uh, how you feel inside when you you're not as apprehensive when you you know, it, and it gets to the point now where I can't wait to. You know, we use bracelets now, hand out a bracelet, and right away, you know, hey, there's a question that goes to that bracelet. You get into the gospel so easy, and in, in out here in the streets, the easiest. Okay. That's easy, easier to go out in the street and talk to a stranger than it would be for me to, somebody comes into my home, a friend, yeah. and talk to them. So you said you use a bracelet. Would you be able to give us a demonstration a little quick rundown of how how you share the gospel with somebody on the street if you want to 
talk to Caleb and go yeah. go through the little like because I'm sure there's evangelists out there that have their their ways of breaking the ice to to speak with others. Well, I want to hear let, your let way. Let me tell you how I do that actually. All right, I offer them a bracelet and they'll take it. And I might a lot of times I'll just start and say. You know, the black bead here, you know, stands for sin. And then I'll say, oh, well, never mind. I'm, I'll just explain it. To, I'll just tell you. That, you know, and I, I even forget the rest of the bracelet. It's just a, an excuse to to get into the gospel. Yeah, I just okay. want to get into the gospel. That's, that's a, but, you know, you have your black bead for sin. Okay. You have your red bead for the blood of Christ, for Christ, the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And then... The, you have the white bead that uh, when he comes, the person receives Christ, they're cleansed from all of their sin. And of course, after you're cleansed from all of your sin, we have the green bead, which is, stands for growing in Christ. Mm. And you explain all that to him. And then we have the, the gold bead that stands for the streets of gold in heaven. So that now that you have received Jesus as your Savior, you're bound for heaven. You're you're you're. You got what it takes to get there. And then we have a purple bead at the bottom, the clasp, uh, which is, symbolizes the royalty. Now you are a child of the king. So that's what the bracelet's all about. But it's just a, a way of being able to present the gospel to someone. And they, people, you know, they like it. Most people will take one. Would you be able to present the gospel right now? <laughs> yeah. Do it. You want me to present it to Caleb here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've just given you a bracelet, okay? Okay. Now, Thank Caleb, you. there's a question that goes along with that bracelet. Okay. Actually, it's two questions, but we'll just start with one. <laughs> First question is, if you were to die today, do you know for certain you're going to heaven? Well, uh, no, I, I, I don't. I don't. Okay. Playing along with you here. I know, I know. Yeah, I understand. You're, you're, you're not sure, but you'd like to be sure, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I would. You do, be, you, believe, you do believe in God, right? Uh, I do believe in a God. That does make sense to me, that there would be a God, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to have a second question for you then. If, Caleb would die today and find himself in the presence of God. And God would say to Caleb, why should I lie into my heaven? What would you say? What would your answer be? Well, I think because I'm a good person, I, I think he would let me in. He knows all the, all the good stuff that, that I do, that, that he would look on that favorably and let me in. Okay. Then I have a third question for you. And you just brought up a third question. Third question is, Caleb, if you are able to be good enough, God would say, you're a pretty good guy. I think I'll let you in. Mm -hmm. If you were able to do that, why did he give his son to die on the cross? Why Wouldn't that have been pretty foolish for Jesus to die on the cross to get you to heaven if you could have done it on your own? Why, Why did he die? I'll tell you why he died. And I'll use a scripture verse to tell you. Okay. It says, For God has made Jesus Christ to be sin for you. 
See, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm. Whether you realize it or not, you probably are a pretty good guy. But there is sin. All is, God says all have sinned come short of the glory of God. So Jesus said, even though I, and God says, I love you so much, I have to have a penalty for sin. And God said the penalty for sin is death, eternal separation from God. Hmm. What, so, is, what, what is sin? Ex- explain that to me more. Sin is what it's called unrighteousness. Okay. Breaking the God's laws. I'm sure you've probably told a lie, right? right? Yeah, I definitely. You might even have stole a little something. For sure, I have, yeah. Probably even used the Lord's name in vain already. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So those are all sin. And let's use a little uh, example here. Let's say that these little things we're talking about that you did, that we all do, let's say you do them just three times a day. Okay. Sin three times a day. Okay, that's easy. I can do that. Okay. Yeah, I know. What <laughs> I could do even more. <laughs> yeah, I know you can. So can I. Uh, three a day adds up to about approximately a thousand a year. How old are you? I am twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay, a thousand times twenty-two is twenty-two thousand. That's right. So if you would die today and stand before God. With 22,000 sins plastered all over you, could he lie into heaven? Man, wow, yeah, that's a lot. I, but isn't he... But you, did, did you know that if you died today and stood before God with just one sin mm-hmm. plastered on you, mm-hmm. he couldn't let you in? Because sin, uh, uh, heaven is a sin-free zone. No oh. one goes to heaven taking sin with them. So in that verse we were talking about, for God has made Jesus Christ to be sin for Caleb. Why did he do that? So Caleb can become the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, Caleb, what, what happens? The Bible says we are saved by grace, through, saved by faith through grace, and not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. At least any person should boast. So it's not of anything we do. Okay. But it is what we believe. Mm. And it says faith, that's believing, trusting. And where does the faith come from? God even gives you the faith. Faith comes by hearing what we're just talking about. God has given you faith to believe in Jesus Christ. And when you exercise that faith in Jesus, this is what he does for you. He, He will give you the gift of eternal life. And what he does, Jesus never sinned. He's perfect, perfectly righteous. You sinned, and you're perfectly unrighteous. Mm. Okay? With all those 22,000 sin, that makes you perfectly unrighteous. 22,000 plus, don't forget that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you come to Jesus and trust your, put your trust, your faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. to, to make it simply plain... This is what happens. You take those 22,000 sins, they're on Jesus. But God says Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty. God said the penalty for sin is death. Jesus died, paid that penalty for those 22,000 sins. And when you plus your trust in Jesus, 
there's an exchange that takes place. You exchange those 22,000 sins for Jesus' righteousness. Your sin is placed on him, and your, his righteousness is placed on you. So when God sees you after you make that kind of a commitment to Jesus and believe, he no longer sees you as a sinner. And you aren't in God's sight. Why? To be a sinner, what do you have to have? You have to have sin. Okay, where's your sin now that you entrusted Jesus as your Savior? Well, if if he took it from me, I don't have any more of that. So then is, is God just fair and just and, and did the whole works and uh, you're now sin-free? And so God can say, uh, Caleb, why shall, I to my, why shall I allow you into my heaven? Now you can say, because I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior and he has taken away all of my sin. My sins are on him, and his righteousness is on me. And God looks at you, and that's your position from for eternity. He never again sees you as a sinner because Jesus has taken all of your sin, and you have taken Jesus' righteousness. I got it. So it's not by my good works. It's by my faith, my position in Christ. Like if I was in, if I was in like a court, and he took all my charges that I was being charged with, all those sins. That makes sense. It does. And so the, the next question would be then, you know what it is, don't you, Kev? <laughs> next question is, understanding what, knowing what you understand now, mm -hmm. the question would be, is there any reason why you wouldn't pray right now to invite Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life? Can you think of what, let's put it another way. Can you think of one good reason? After all that God offers you, one good reason why you would reject and not invite Jesus Christ into your heart right now if I were to lead you in a short prayer. You know, I, I think I would be a fool not to. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> so yeah. I guess if we could call it quits right there on that, Caleb, now a Christian. Beautiful. Finally, I made Beautiful. it. <laughs> so anyways, after all that, to anybody out there now that's listening that doesn't know Christ, there is a way to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. Mm -hmm. So if that's you today, I pray that you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And you reach out to Jesus and you call on Jesus' name and he'll be there to save you. Thanks for sharing that, Stan. Thanks, Caleb. Yeah, Stan, you want to go through? Do you want to go through that that prayer? Well, I, I didn't know if you wanted to do that or not. But you can. Yeah, for for people listening. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and this is the prayer that uh, that uh, I would pray with you if you wanted to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, and uh, we would bow our heads together, and uh, it would go something like this: Lord Jesus, I understand, and I realize. And I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. And I realize, dear Jesus, I realize that you paid the penalty for my sin. I realize that my sin is what put you on the cross. But I realize that your righteousness is what will take me to heaven. So at this moment, I want to invite you into my life, Jesus, mm -hmm. into my heart. I receive you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for your gift of eternal life. I do not deserve it, but I am thankful for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Something Amen. similar to that. It's not always the same. Yeah. It's it's important for people to to understand how though and that it's not a single prayer that's a certain way. It's just really pouring your heart out, heart out to God, but it's hard when you've never prayed before to know how to go by that, you know, that way at all. So, yeah. thank you, Stan. Exactly. It was hard for me. That was my testimony. Yeah. The guy led me right right up to the Lord. And then he said, well, Stan, uh, ask the Lord to save you. And I didn't know how to do that. Wow. I didn't know how to ask Jesus to save me. So it was was just awkward. It was just awkward. But the next week, another person came, presented the gospel to me again. And then he said to me and my wife both, if I would lead you in a short prayer to receive Jesus as your Savior, would you want to do that? And I said, yeah. (laughs) Well, I've been waiting on. So, yeah. And that's kind of a thing of yours now is that you never want to leave anybody hanging on that again, right? If I, that's that's right. Unless I know for sure that they're not they're not ready to do this. Yeah. So what? I don't want to lead them in, down to a false yeah salvation path. You know. What do you do when you realize that somebody's not ready to accept Christ? Do you continue to pray for them, or or what's God? Well, I give them literature then. Yeah. You know, and then you know, pray pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's that I don't happen too often, really. Most of the time, I'm able to. Yeah. Yeah. Because because you stated in the beginning of this that you really try to be obedient and hear. God's calling and leading of the Holy Spirit to them specific individuals. Yeah, and you know, I and I'm not knocking anybody about this. Yeah, um, I don't exactly know how to word it. You know, we talk about being sowers, mm, yeah, and reapers. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more of a reaper. Okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Uh, so, you know, the seed has to be so, but you can sow and reap at the same time. The, mm. when, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're presenting the gospel, you're sowing. And then when you invite someone to Jesus, to Christ, yeah. and they receive, then you're doing the reaping. But So you can do the sowing and the reaping. So I hear a lot of people go on and say, well, we sowed the seed, which is true. Yeah. Well, I often wonder, could you also have reaped wow. at the same time? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so any evangelist out there or anybody that wants to evangelize, try try reaping. Try inviting somebody to Christ. And I found out with a lot of people, they can present the gospel. But when they get up to that point... For some reason or other, they stumble all over it. Mm. They just don't know how to, to handle the the receiving part. Wow. Yeah. So. How? Stan, how does it make you feel? Or what what does God do to your heart, blesses you in a way, when you see the people that received Christ serve the Lord and go into a church? How does that bless you? I cry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it, that's just, that's the second blessing. First blessing is 
when you they receive you receive the Lord and the second blessing is when you see them going on with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Let me can I give a couple examples of that? Yeah. Right down here, uh, crossing the bus stop. This is about three, four years ago. Uh, Laser, the lady that owns Laser's Flower Shop, was with me that day for the first time. She came out and he seen this guy, older man sitting over in one of the benches across the street. Yeah. And uh, I said, Lou, let's go over there and talk to that guy. And I walked over. And I can't remember his name, but I know how old he was. He was 80 years old. And uh, I walked up to him, started talking to him a little bit, but he just stayed sitting on the bench. So I, kn- I knelt down in front of him. On my, so I, could, I liked the look in their eyes. And uh, I knelt down there and started talking to him, and uh, he told me he's 80 years old, and he said he's uh, sitting here on the bench today because his Harleys, in the shop being worked on, eighty years old, he's still uh, mm-hmm. riding his Harley. Wow! So, so anyhow, uh, I talked to him, went through the plan of salvation, went the, and he opened his heart to the Lord, received the Lord as his Savior. And um, I mean, I was overjoyed. He was overjoyed, and Lou was overjoyed. Her first time out and seeing this eighty-year-old man receive the Lord. Mm. But to get on further, a couple of years down the road, I was seeing these people come to the Lord, but I didn't see many of them in church. Yeah. And so I was said to myself, Lord, are these people really getting saved? Are they really getting saved? And uh, I was praying that prayer on the way into evangelism because yeah. I was kind of discouraged and didn't see all these people coming to church. Well, that day we got together, and we went out, and we were up. I forget who was with me. Went out on Cumberland Street and started walking up Cumberland Street. Now, this guy I'm talking about, I haven't seen him then for about three years or something like that. Yeah. We went up Cumberland Street out there close to Hack, and this guy comes across the street, straight across the street, and uh, he walks up to me. and I even gave him a—I didn't recognize him. And uh, at first, I thought he looked familiar. And I offered him a bracelet, and he said, after a while, he said, don't you remember? Don't you remember down there crossing the bus stop three years ago or whatever it was? He said, you he told me that it, all, it was all coming back, uh, that he had received the Lord, and that... Uh, this was the answer to my prayer. Hmm. I needed to, he, I'd never seen him in church, but he was out here on the street. He was praising the Lord, and he came across the street to yeah. thank me for, uh, and uh, we talked a little while, and, and uh, he, he left, and he got about 30 feet down the sidewalk. He turned around and said, uh, Stan, he, thought he, he said, if I never see you again here, I'll see you in heaven. Amen. And the Lord wasn't finished with that prayer that I prayed on. We went on up Cumberland Street. We got up to Cumberland Street, or up close to 8th Street, and there was a young Hispanic couple coming down the street with two kids, mm-hmm. two young kids. 
So we offered him bracelets. And uh, the young guy, he said, don't you remember? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. Wow. And I said, wow. boy, you look familiar. Yeah, he said, uh, just two weeks ago, <laughs> down there at the bus stop on the bench, he said, uh, me and my wife both invited Jesus into our heart. And uh, man, talk about an answer to prayer. So, so I'm understanding the prayer correctly. You wanted to almost, you almost felt like you weren't seeing the fruit of giving the gospel. Is that right? Like, are they really coming to church? Or yeah, are they you really start following? to wonder if you don't see any results. You don't see them. You don't. Yeah. But people go on with their lives. Mm. They could. Some are going, probably going to other church someplace too. You know. Right. So, but then, so that week, you got to encounter people who had received him and and were changed. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and the Lord wanted me to know, hey, you're not, you're not just out there blowing in the wind. They're, they're, the gospel's doing something. Would you mind sharing real quick the story that, with the lady with you and Caleb, that you? Oh, Belkis. Yeah, and how you, how yeah. she hugged you. Yeah. Well, she's right next door here, Belkis, and uh, uh, we were talking to her husband, and he's he only speaks Spanish, so I couldn't do anything there. Caleb was speaking to him in Spanish to a certain degree, right? You're not real fluent in Spanish, right? Just, just a little bit. Yeah. So I just stood back and just listening and, well, listening didn't mean anything to me because I couldn't. <laughs> but anyhow, Caleb, and I don't even remember his name. Do you? I see, I wave to him every Sunday. But anyhow, we were there for a while and then his wife came out and showed up. I think she drove up in the car in front of the pickup truck. Yeah, I think she she drove past us, yeah, yeah. And parked in the back, yep. Yeah, and then she came out on the front porch, and uh, Caleb talked to her first, didn't you? Yeah, I remember how I was saying that uh, <laughs> that I tried to to present it and it didn't go so well. That That's, the, that's one of the examples right there, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. so I so, spoke first, and then you... I presented the gospel to her, and she said, I don't know what's wrong with that, Caleb. No, literally. She, all, no, no, literally. She's like, he don't make no sense, but this guy, yeah. Yo. Yep. Yeah, but the, she, she, was, she was really open to the gospel. And awesome. Prayed that prayer with her, and she's been coming to church ever since I introduced her to Tom Affington. Because I said, Tom, here's one that that uh, we wanted the Lord out on the street. and Praise the Lord. And then, and then her friend too, uh, uh, Bob. Uh, what's his last name? Clouser. 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 Yeah. And I think a week or two later, we led to her friend of the Lord, and she's coming to, too. But anyhow, last wow. Sunday she came up behind me, and she said, "I'm so happy. I love this church." You know, give me a hug. That's wow. God's love is so beautiful, and He knows it right on that time. And just being around you, Stan, and the heart you have to see people come to Christ, to see how it touches your heart, and your heart is just rejoicing in the Lord. It's a beautiful thing to sit here to be able to hear your stories. I I hope that this is encouraged to others out there. Uh, before we wrap it up, I would I really just want to ask you, Stan, what keeps you motivated? What keeps you 
to want to continue to do this 60 some years later. Mm-hmm. Because what we were just talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, he just, if I don't come out like on a Saturday, I, I feel, you know, bad. And this is the first Saturday, of course, it, it was canceled, but. Uh, People are going to hell. Mm-hmm. People Amen. are going to hell. Amen. Well, and it's a real thing. It's not just something you say. It's real. It's real. It's real. People are going to hell. And because you go out there and the Lord uses you, people are going to heaven. Amen. See, I'm not a Calvinist. I believe that whosoever will may come. I don't think certain people are picked in such, for heaven and certain people are destined for hell. I believe what the gospel says. It's open to everyone. All the world. Whosoever will mm-hmm. may come. Amen. So I did forget this, but Stan, would you share your relationship with Jesus the most important things are spending that alone time with Jesus how how do you wake up in the morning and spend that time do you wake up how how often are you spending time with Jesus I think that's the most well important I go to thing. I go to bed spending time with Jesus yeah. and I wake up spending time with Jesus and he doesn't give me much sleep in between okay between going to bed and and waking up uh, now you stay in reading the Word pretty often. Yeah, yeah, I stay in the reading of the Word, but I stay in uh, communication. Awesome. And it's not verbal in communication. It's just laying there on my bed, stretched out, and I wake up in the morning and my pillow's wet. Uh, communication of uh, his expression of his love and concern. It just, it's just there most of the time that, uh, that uh, I'm thinking about those things, mm-hmm. thinking about spiritual things, thinking about the Bible, thinking about uh, spending time every After I had my heart attack, it just increased. It just increased. And uh, I'd get up in the morning. I was ready to go back to bed. And my wife, thought, she thought it was because of the heart attack. And I said, no, Jesus kept me up all night. <laughs> it's his fault, I told her. <laughs> that, I, that I, you know, so. And that went on for, it's gotten a little, I get a little more rest than I used to. But that went on for three, four years like that. Every, every night, every day, every evening, uh, I just lay there awake talking to, with Jesus, or communicating with the Holy Spirit, however you, you know. Yeah, awesome. And it's not audible. It's I guess you, could you say it's a thought process or, whatever, but it just makes you it just whelms up and your heart's overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah. you mentioned your heart attack. Uh, we're going to leave this God willing that we have Stan again because there's a whole story in its own about <laughs> Stan having a heart attack a couple years back uh, and how it drew him. That beautiful experience. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned to next time. He had 100% blockage in a main artery, and it's a beautiful story. God mm. willing, if we'll have him back to, to share that experience of how it drew him closer to the Lord and the love and the peace that God gave him. But is there any more, anything that you would like to add, Caleb, or anything that you would have for any evangelists out there, any wise wisdom words? I, I do want to ask, um, so that, that swelling of the of the Holy Spirit, that that communication. What um what would you say in, in encourages that? What grows that in you? You know? Well, just your love for the Lord and uh, his love his love for you more than anything. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're just waiting for him, he will express himself to you. Um uh, if he knows that you know that you're really looking for that, and I look for that. I look to, uh, I look to have that communication every day. Just to, the love of Christ, the love of God, the love of Jesus, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's all there. Now, what better communication could you have? I couldn't have that kind of communication with you, Caleb. Not like I have with the Lord. It's a uh, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I, I believe I try too much in so many ways and that I need to sit back and uh, let God do his work. And I think also just sit back and let him come to me because he, let he him looks take for o- us. Let him take over. Mm-hmm. Just like that young man I tell you about in London. He said, I give up. I give yeah. up, Lord. And the Lord said, now you're where I want you. And yep. his life from there on was just full of the Lord using him to bring people to himself, to Jesus. Same. That, that, that touched me, you know, what, what you said about giving up. I just need to come to that point and allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life versus me trying way too hard. Yeah, it makes it much easier if you let him do it. Yeah. He can handle the workload better than you can. That's right. Amen. Amen to that. Thank, thanks for your time, Stan. Yep, yeah, you're welcome. Nice to do it. Caleb, would you want to pray us on out? Yeah, I was hoping you would ask. Lord, I, I thank you for Stan and, and, and Austin and, and just this time, Lord. Um, such, a, such a blessing. Um, Lord, help us, to, help us to die to ourselves, Lord, and um, to let you come in. Um, to let you do the work in our lives. There's so much that I know I don't understand that we don't understand, Lord. Um, But I'm just encouraged, like Stan said, uh, to quiet just ourselves and to let you come and to fill us up because you chase after us. And we just praise you and thank you for that. And uh, bless Stan and his health. And Lord willing, I pray that we get to interview him again bless all his his kids his grandkids his great grandkids so numerous he can't even count it lord that's that's awesome answer the prayer um thank you for just your mercy and your goodness to us and 
and for this time. And, and right now, just for those listening, um, I just pray that you press on their heart, Lord, just how much you, you love them. And I pray that they would come to know you personally and, and to be saved and um, just to make, them, to make you Lord, Lord of their life. And uh, this is just awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Stay tuned, everybody. Check out any other videos. God bless.